0: and welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as Complementary and Alternative Medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to Complementary and Alternative Therapies. And tonight our topic is the Alexander Technique and our guest is Robert Rickover, the author of Fitness Without Stress, a guide to the Alexander Technique, and an Alexander Technique teacher for over 28 years in both Lincoln, Nebraska and Toronto, Canada. Good evening, Robert.
1: Good evening. Good to talk to you.
0: So I guess I'll ask the easy question first. Who was Frederick Matthias Alexander?
1: He's usually known as F.M. Alexander, was an Australian reciter and actor. He grew up in Australia in the latter part of the 19th century, and he came from very humble beginnings, pretty much self-taught, didn't graduate from school, became a reciter pretty pretty well known in Australia and New Zealand but his situation was that he was performing in large auditoriums that did not have PA systems and he in an effort to get his voice to the back of the hall it turned out that he had some habits of speaking that got in the way of that he didn't realize it at the time. All he knew is that his voice became hoarse and he would start gasping for breath and he, sometimes he couldn't even complete a performance. But that was that was what got him thinking about himself
0: and what he did to speak. How did he actually develop the Alexander technique?
1: Well, did he do he, to figure it out. Yeah, his strategy, he tr- he tried a lot of things and we don't really know all of the things that he tried, but he eventually came upon the idea of setting up some mirrors so he could observe himself from different angles. And that enabled him to see some patterns, particularly in relation to his head and neck and upper torso, that were clearly getting in the way of his speech production. These were patterns that he was, had not been aware of before. So having discovered that, he thought it would be a fairly simple matter to simply change those, and that's where he ran into the real hard work of it, because it turned out that it's not so simple to change a deep-rooted habit. It's a bit trickier than you might imagine.
0: I've heard the Alexander Technique described as a way of learning how you can get rid of harmful tension, but how do you do that?
1: Yes, that is exactly it, and it turns out, that the way we usually think that we're going to change something, if we notice that we're doing something we don't like or is clearly harming us, the tendency is to think about doing something to fight that or to counter it. The solution to a problem is typically let's do something, something different. And what Alexander discovered, and it took him a while to figure this out, was that The real solution was to identify what it is that you were doing that was getting in the way and simply stop doing that. It sounds too easy, too simple. In practice, sometimes, often I would say, a tricky process to learn how to do that. And that's what Alexander teachers teach today. They show people, they show them what they're doing that's getting in the way, and they give them strategies for stopping the things that are are getting in
0: there. You know, many times we look at the symptom as the real problem, like back pain, but it Mm -hmm. turns out it's really just a symptom, and it sounds like this therapy looks at the person as a whole being to better understand the source of the problem and the stresses and movements so that, as you said, you can simply stop doing what's getting in the way.
1: Yes, well, one of the basic ideas in the Alexandria work is that everything is connected with everything else. You really have to treat the body as a whole. And so back pain, it really, it's kind of, that's where the problem arose in terms of it being obvious to the person. But the pressures that cause that, that, that pain are really whole body pressures. They find a weak link in the system, so they might manifest as back pain on one person or neck pain on somebody else or shoulder pain or whatever. But the key is what is the person doing with their whole self and how can you change that for the better?
0: So the Alexander technique isn't a treatment like chiropractic or exercises like yoga. It sounds like it's more like training for self-management.
1: Yes, it, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's not a therapy. Alexander teachers are very clear that, 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 you know, we're teachers. We show people certain skills that they can learn that will enable them to to be perhaps a bit more vigilant to what they're doing that's getting in the way and to learning how to simply release those patterns. I think one thing that really distinguishes the technique from pretty much every other system out there is the idea that basically, for most of us, for the most part, came into the world wired up quite nicely and that what we've done over the years is figured out some ways of interfering with that for all kinds of reasons and that basically a good way of functioning is there within us you can certainly see that with most small children for example and that we need to learn to identify what we've inadvertently put over that as an overlay and learn how to stop doing doing those things so we're not trying to build up a new man or a new woman we're trying to uncover the man or woman that is really there in terms of movement and posture abilities.
0: Are Alexander Technique lessons done in groups or primarily by individual sessions?
1: I would say primarily individual sessions, although there are many teachers who also work with groups, and there are some teachers who work exclusively with groups. So All of those possibilities are there. There are some advantages of a group situation, and there are some disadvantages. And for some people, working in a group might not be the best thing for them just because they'd be so self-conscious. But both methods are valid and very effective. How
0: long do lessons normally last?
1: Anywhere from a half an hour to an hour. And when I was training in England back in the late. 70s, early 80s, everyone there, the standard there seemed to be half an hour. I believe that's what Alexander did. Here in America, it tends to be a little longer, maybe 45 minutes. That's what I usually allocate for a time. Some teachers, an hour, something along those lines. Much longer than that would not be terribly useful because there's only so much information that a person can really absorb
0: usefully. Are lessons done once a week or more often?
1: Ideally, uh, for a new student, at least once a week. It's often better to have lessons bunched up a bit at the beginning because you are dealing with pretty deep-rooted habit patterns. So twice a week would be a really good pattern at the very beginning
0: of taking lessons for Mm -hmm. most people, yeah. Can you tell me what happens during the lesson?
1: Well... If it's a new student, of course, I would talk to them for a while to find out what the issues are and what kind of work they do, what sort of activities they do. And, of course, I would be observing them as, as we talk, And I would ask them occasionally if they happen to notice anything about themselves. because Often people don't tend to put their attention on themselves in the way that's really helpful for making changes. So I, I'm already interested in getting a person to notice what they're doing, or perhaps just notice the fact that they're not noticing. And then I might guide them a bit with my hands in a simple movement, perhaps getting out of a chair or walking or some ordinary activity, and show them perhaps another way of organizing themselves for movement, uh, one that typically takes away some tensions that they have been inadvertently creating. So, for example, a real typical example is most people, when they stand up or sit down in a chair, if you watch them, you'll see quite a bit of head-neck tension in that process. They'll be often quite severely jamming their head back and down onto their spine, not consciously, but doing it nonetheless. So if that's the case with someone, I might just guide them out of a chair in a way that doesn't almost doesn't let them do that, and they'll be often kind of uh, a bit puzzled by it because, say, the standing up will seem very light, but they won't quite know what they've done to make that happen because I've really done the work for them. So I'll show them a couple of times and then maybe see if they can start, if I can give them some strategies for, for doing the same sort of thing themselves. That would be a very simple example of the kind of activity you might work on during a lesson.
0: What are some of the health benefits of the Alexander Technique?
1: Well, I think it's these days it's probably best known for its help with back pain. That seems to be a pretty hot topic these days in terms of the, the technique, partly because a major study came out this past summer in England, a very large-scale scientific medical study that had all of the things you expect in a um uh, a modern medical study, you know, large control groups and all of the features of study of that kind, and it showed pretty conclusively that lessons in the Alexander technique had a very big impact on back pain. Not necessarily even a lot of lessons in the Alexander technique. I think uh, some of the participants only had perhaps a dozen or so lessons. Others had 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 more. So. I think in, in, in terms of the popular perception of what the technique is really good for in, in, in on the medical side of things, I think back pain would be at the top of the list.
0: Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. Who are some of the people that would really benefit from the Alexander Technique?
1: The Technique has always had a very strong following among people in performance areas, musicians, actors, dancers. These people put very, very heavy demands on their body quite often. And also they're in professions where the way in which they actually use their body has a direct visual or auditory effect on the quality of what they're doing. So, for example, a a musician, say a violinist, whose arm has become stiff, from repeating the same bowing motion over and over again for years, that stiffness not only will it be perhaps painful, and often is, and has caused more musicians than most musicians would like to think about to 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 quit, but also it directly affects the quality of the music they're playing. A stiff a stiff arm leads to a, a sound quality that's not uh, as good as it could be.
0: But obviously, you don't have to be a performer to benefit from the Alexander technique. I mean,
1: well, we're all performers, you know. We all have activities that we need to do and could be as ordinary as as walking or sitting at a desk or working at a computer. Those are, in some ways, some of the more modern activities of that kind, particularly involving uh, computers and keyboards, put pretty severe. Uh, present pretty severe challenges for most people to do well because just because they are so repetitive and they and and often you're sitting at a terminal for long periods of time
0: there's a lot of athletes who've discovered the Alexander technique today also
1: yes not as many I would say as performers but I know there are a couple of pretty well-known golfers who have have publicly endorsed the technique, and I believe athletes in other fields. I myself have not had a lot of experience in working with professional athletes. I've certainly worked with people who run and jog and play golf and do things like that, and it can make a huge difference in the quality of your performance. How long are lessons
0: usually needed?
1: You know, there's no nice short answer to that. Most people, I'd say your typical student to the extent that there is one, might take lessons over, oh, perhaps a couple of months, two or three months, and perhaps come back occasionally for a refresher lesson. Some students just have a very small number of lessons and can kind of run with it on their own and learn stuff on their own based on that very limited number of lessons. And some people end up taking lessons for years because they've just decided this is an important thing to do. And particularly if they're in a high-pressure performance field, it can make the difference between a successful career and one that's that's not so successful. So there's no nice and neat answer, but I would say a few months is a pretty typical pattern.
0: And you already answered my next question, which was, is this a one-time training or is there going to be refresher training necessary at some point?
1: It's really up to the individual. If they feel they've gotten what they need with a few lessons, for example, a person might come for lessons because they, they're they in pain. That's a real typical reason why someone would come. And if after a few lessons the pain's gone away, the person may at that point feel that well, that's what they came for and it's been, quote, you know, taken care of, at least for the time being, so no need to take more lessons but somebody else in that situation might think wow if a few lessons could do that i wonder what a few more lessons could do you know so it it just depends a lot on the person what it is they're after and sometimes what they're after isn't the same after a few
0: lessons as when they first begin how many teachers of the alexander technique are there in the u.s today
1: I don't know the exact number. I'm going to guess that it's somewhere around 1,000 to maybe 1,500. And they are primarily concentrated in urban centers, particularly on the coast. But there are teachers pretty much everywhere these days. I happen to be living in an area where there are very few in, in Nebraska. But the number of teachers has been growing pretty steadily over the years. And so I don't think there's any major city in the U.S. that doesn't have at least two or three teachers at this point.
0: How are our Alexander Technique teachers trained?
1: Well, the traditional training process, and it's the one I went through many years ago, it's a three-year program, usually three or four hours a day. It's kind of uh, an intense training in that you're working very – classes tend to be very small, and you're working in very close proximity with skilled teachers and with other trainees. And in a way, I would describe it as kind of a prolonged apprenticeship plan, but with the formality of a training course that lasts for, for, as I say, typically three years. But there are large elements of kind of apprenticing. It's not – You can't really mass-produce Alexander teachers. It takes quite a while to get someone to the point where they can usefully help another person.
0: It's not an an instant thing. The technique is not a new process. So why aren't more doctors and scientists aware of the Alexander technique by now?
1: Yeah, that's a question that Alexander teachers ask each other sometimes. A lot depends on the country. Now, in Great Britain, where Alexander, the founder of this work, moved in the early part of the 20th century and where the technique is probably best known of any, any country, there are so many teachers there, and it's been around for so long, and there have been so many medical connections over the years that a lot of doctors there do know about it. And, in fact, in England, you can get Alexander Lessons as part of the government health plan, and teachers are now working in hospitals and and government clinics to a certain extent. There are a few other countries that have gone a bit in that direction. I believe Israel has to a certain extent. In North America, there are doctors who know about it, but their numbers are relatively low. Hopefully, some of this new back pain study that came out and Other studies that have come out in the last few years will change that. But it has been a slow process.
0: What would be the best way to explain the Alexander Technique to someone who might benefit from it?
1: A little bit would depend on their temperament. If they were the kind of person who was a a sort of a do-it-yourself personality, I would say this is the ultimate do-it-yourself. This is really learning how to take charge of yourself. Learning a way of thinking or a way of self-directing yourself that can make a giant difference in how you function. For someone who's in, just in pain and wants to get rid of the pain, I would say, you know, go, take, a, take a few lessons and see what happens. You don't have to really understand anything about it. Just go and, and give it a try. I, I would sort of tailor my strategy to the person, but I would say that One thing to think about is the technique has been around for a long time, over a hundred years now, and is generally, I would say, very well regarded by those people who do know something about it. I mean, most, I would say most students who've taken Alexander lessons have have had pretty positive experience from it.
0: Well, Robert, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me today about the Alexander technique.
1: Oh, um, it was a pleasure.
0: Anyone wanting to learn more about the process should check out Robert's website at www.alexandertechnique.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health, known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. Music for this podcast is provided by George Wood of podsafeaudio.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.